Welcome to the Finishing Touches podcast with Evangeline Gomez. I'm so excited to be back um, recording again. I had some technical difficulties and now I got my very own microphone so I don't have to share with my husband anymore. So yay! So hopefully that will allow um, for me to be more consistent with the um, uploading of these podcasts. So last episode, we talked about where wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. And I was reading in Deuteronomy, um, I think it was last week, and it was talking about in Deuteronomy chapter 5, the people being afraid of God's presence. And I just want to read this to you because it really just stood out to me. It says, Surely the Lord our God has shown us his glory and his greatness, and we have heard his voice from the midst of the fire. We have seen this day that God speaks with man, yet he still lives. Now, therefore, why should we die? For this great fire will consume us. If we hear the voice of the Lord our God anymore, then we shall die. And you keep reading in that account, and it's talking about what happened in Exodus 19 through 20 when the children of Israel actually heard the voice of God. Before the... um, Ten Commandments were written on the tablets, it was actually spoken to the people. And they were so afraid when that happened that they told Moses, like, you speak to God and you tell us what he says and we'll do it. And I'm paraphrasing. And God says, you know, the thing that the people have spoken is the right thing. But then it says this in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 29. Oh, that... They had such a heart in them that they would fear me and always keep my commandments that it may be well with them and with their children forever. That's what God says. Like, oh, that they would have a heart in them to fear me. And how often we forget the fear of God, what that truly means in our everyday life. And when I read that, it just really stood out to me. And got me thinking about the fear of the Lord again and what that really means. So if you missed the last episode on the fear of the Lord, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to that one because it'll help the rest of these in, in the book of Proverbs to make more sense. So as I started out preparing for this podcast episode on wisdom and relationships, I really didn't expect expect it to uh go in the direction that it's going to go in. (laughs) As the Lord started revealing the layout to me, um, I got excited, but I also got discouraged (laughs) because it's going to be um, what Proverbs has to say, um, wisdom that we can glean when it comes to our marriage relationship. So now if you're a single lady, don't tune out because I want to encourage you to take in the wisdom that can be found on this, because I feel so often we, as a people, we are really um, get excited about preparing for the wedding day, that we fail to put a lot of preparation time into the marriage relationship. So if you're single, I want to encourage you to keep on listening. And there may be something in here for you that you can glean from if you are a single woman wanting to be married. And even if you have no desire to be married, you we all have someone that we can pour into 
a, a younger woman, an older woman that may be married, that may be struggling, and we always want to lead them back to the truth of God's word, right? So this podcast episode is for all of us. We could all take something away from it. And like I said, we're going to, going to be pulling truths from the book of Proverbs as it pertains to the marriage relationship. And, you know, marriage is a picture of Jesus, our bridegroom, and the church, us. We are the bride of Christ. And I'm sure you all can agree with me on how much the marriage um, relationship is under attack here in this nation today, all across this land. People want to discount the importance of the marriage relationship or or act like it doesn't matter or um, think that we can have this covenant relationship however we want, right? We see uh, in some places where there's um, men that have several wives and um, they're living together, two married couples living together and, and switching off um, partners. and Or we see boyfriends and girlfriends living together, as I call playing house. And I used to do that. So I understand it very clearly how we think that we can live with our um, boyfriend or girlfriend and think that that's okay because everybody around us does it and it's kind of become the norm in our society. But the marriage relationship is very, very important and it's what God has used um, all throughout scripture we see to be a depiction of Jesus Christ and the church. So that's a, a lot of why the marriage relationship is under such a target of attack. And the enemy is always trying to divide husband and wife because if a husband and wife are divided, that will divide the entire family. So I really want us to focus in and see what we can pull from the word of God when it comes to our marriage relationship and um, what better way to start than the book of Proverbs because it has lots of practical application for us. But I want to start with the real life ex- a, a real life example of what not to do <laughs> in the marriage relationship. So picture this with me. And I'm going to share a failure of mine that happened just recently as I was preparing this um, podcast episode. And uh, we were getting ready to leave out of town. We were taking our um, every year we go to a leadership conference in Tucson and we take our leadership team um, from the ministry with us, as well as our daughters. And it's a fun trip, but um, I wasn't prepared. I, You know, the season that I'm in right now is a hard season. Um, just my sister passed away a couple of months ago, and we're walking through that and just pushing through every day, but it's been super hard. And I wasn't prepared for this trip. Um, but I decided, okay, well, I'm really tired. I'm just going to go to bed. This was the night before we were supposed to leave. And I was like, I'll just get up super early and I'll finish the packing and, and do everything else that I need to do. Well, I woke up late the morning we were supposed to leave. I was supposed to wake up at 4.30. I didn't wake up to almost 6.30. And that just set our morning off on a bad start. My morning off on a bad start. And I was just really agitated and trying to get everything together and pack everybody and and do all that stuff. And um, my amazing husband, he really is amazing. (laughs) He's like, decides to make breakfast for the whole family. 
And I go in the kitchen and I'm just beside myself with just like not gratefulness that he's making us breakfast, but complete and utter irritation of in my mind, all these thoughts like the house is already a mess and now you're making it more of a mess. And now I'm going to have to clean up all this when you're done cooking. And um, I have this really weird thing (laughs) when we go out of town, I want to have my house clean before we leave. So when we come home, we're coming home to a clean house. And it's just something that I've always done. And it could be a hindrance sometimes. And this morning was a hindrance. Everything was completely out of my control. And everything just started going the wrong direction as I'm just, my pride just set in and trying to control the whole situation. And I just made everything a mess that morning. Everybody was on edge because I was on edge and I knew what this podcast was supposed to be about. So I'm also thinking of this and thinking of um, the verses and Proverbs that are running through my mind that says, um, her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Or how about in Proverbs 12, where it says, An excellent wife is the crown of her husband, but she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. So as I'm behaving poorly, these verses are running through my head and I know that I'm wrong, but I just continue on in the pridefulness and trying to have control of everything. And then I got humbled. So I'm washing the dishes and cleaning everything up. And my husband had said he wanted coffee. And there I am making the coffee with a bad attitude. And I put the coffee to start and I start washing dishes. And I turn around, I look on the counter and I see the carafee to the coffee pot. And I turn backwards and I look at the coffee maker and realize the coffee is brewing without the carafee in place. So, and I just felt at that moment, the Lord like speak to my heart, like, okay, so are you going to continue on in this bad behavior or are you going to stop? I totally felt that in my spirit. And I was just like, now I have all this coffee mess to clean up. (laughs) And I was just humbled in that very moment. And I stopped trying to justify my bad behavior. And of course I have to ask for forgiveness and all that stuff that we have to do when we mess up. But why I start there is because we all have issues in marriage. We all have things that God is training us in as wives every single day. And that day, my flesh got the best of me. You know, my heart's desire is what it says in Proverbs 14, verse 1, that a wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her hands. And I was being completely foolish that morning. You know, as wives, we have a tremendous influence in the marriage relationship, but we must learn to use this influence wisely and learn the proper boundaries within the marriage covenant. And this goes back to the very beginning, right? In Genesis 16, it tells us, uh, sorry, Genesis chapter 3, verse 16. Look at what it says here. And it says, to the woman, he said, God said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. So before this verse, the fall happened, right? 
this this is what it says. I mean, we really hate that verse as women um, where it says your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. We live in a world of complete woman independence, right? <laughs> I was part of that at one point in my life that no one is going to tell me what to do, especially not my husband. And this is before I got married again. <laughs> but why? Why was this instruction? Why was this curse given? this boundary for us as women. In Genesis 3, 6, it says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good, that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. Look at what it says in 1 Peter 3, 4, relating to this verse. It says, let a woman learn in silence with all submission and do not per permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man, but to be in silence. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived fell into transgression. Nevertheless, you shall be saved in childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with self-control. See, Adam ate not because he was deceived by Satan, but he ate because his wife gave it to him to eat. She somehow had enough influence to get her husband to go along with her in her sin. As women, we are not less than men or our husbands, but God did set specific boundaries for us as women because of the fall. We as women, we have lots of leeway, but we must learn, we must also know, learn how to operate within the proper boundaries. We see this depicted in Proverbs 31. Right, This wife that we read about in Proverbs 31, she has lots of leeway and responsibility in helping her husband, helping in the, in the household and in the community. She's wise with managing time, resources, and her finances. And seeing this example in Proverbs 31, and let me just add a little side note here. I used to hate reading Proverbs 31, and I've shared how we in the ministry we read um, Proverbs through once a month, the whole entire book of Proverbs. And I would be so excited when the month did not have 31 days um, because then I didn't have to read Proverbs 31. <laughs> that is the heart I used to have with Proverbs 31. It's not how I read it anymore. But when I look at this example, I have to ask myself if I'm actively applying this wisdom to my own life. As a wife. In Proverbs 31, um, verses 11 through 12, it says, The heart of her husband safely trusts her, so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. And I read that and I'm asking myself, Does my does the heart of my husband, is it is he able to trust in me to do him good and not evil? All the days of my life, not just when I feel like it, not just when I'm having a good day, but all the days of my life. 
Can he trust me with finances and purchases? These are some questions that I was asking myself. You know, we look over all the things in Proverbs 31 and look what it says. Like she considers a field and buys it from her profit. She plants a vineyard. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. And it talks about how she provides for, um, she's not afraid of snow for her household because her household is clothed with scarlet. And she's like making these clothes. She's extending her hand to the poor and needy. She's making linen garments and selling them and supplying sashes for the merchants. Like she, her husband's able to trust her with these finances, with these purchases. And I ask myself, is my husband able to do the same with me? And ask yourself that as well. If you're one that the husband trusts, your husband trusts you with the finances and the paying the bills or purchases, is he able to trust us in that area? So often I hear, you know, in passing by or overhearing conversations and wives, you know, hiding things from their husband and things that they're buying and, oh, they'll never know that I, you know, purchased this or that. We don't want to do that. We want to be women. Um, that our, our husbands can safely trust us in the area of financing, finances and purchases. Another question I ask myself is, do I honor my husband in my dealings and conversations with others, even in front of my children? Um, Proverbs also says, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. And this verse is right in the middle of everything that the wife does. So, we can pull from that, that because the wife conducts herself in an upright manner and behaves wisely, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land, right? I just read in Proverbs 12 how it says, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband. And that's what we want to be. So are we honoring him in our dealings and conversations with others and in front of our children? How about, can he trust me not to overstep boundaries or use his authority as my own, right? We each have our realm of authority and things that we can do and things that we shouldn't do in the church or in the home. And we always hear about this Jezebel, right? And how um, the spirit of Jezebel is abounding in the land. And basically it's Jezebel was using her husband's authority as her own. And how this can wreak havoc in the home, in the church. Um, we have to know our boundaries as women and not um, overstep those boundaries or use our husband's authority as our own and allowing our husband to speak for themselves. They know what needs to be done. We don't always have to be in the middle of everything. <laughs> um, how about not hiding things that he needs to know? Um, think about this when it comes to the discipline of the children or things that um, the kids do wrong. And we're like, oh, well, I won't tell dad. <laughs> we don't want to do that either. We want to make sure that our husband has all the information that he needs so that he's able to make the wise choices that need to be made to lead um, in the family home and also outside of that in, in the church body or, or wherever that may be. How about, am I looking for ways to help my husband? Being his help me. 
helping in ways that he feels helped, loved, and respected. And this is huge for me because I can always fall into the trap of doing things that I think are helping my husband or that make him feel loved and respected when there's other things that he wants me to do (laughs) that would help. But asking, keeping those lines of communication open, am I really being his help me that I was created to be? to help him in those areas that he needs help in, supporting him. That's my role as a wife is to support my husband, to come alongside. And I'm never more fulfilled or at peace than when I'm fulfilling my God-given role as my husband's helper. Another area in relationships that the book of Proverbs has much warning about is in the area of adultery. And Like I said, I didn't think this podcast was going to go in this direction, but here we go. (laughs) So in the book of Proverbs, specifically Proverbs um, chapter five and seven, there's a lot of warning that it has against adultery. And when I used to read these passages, fear would grip my heart, especially this verse in Proverbs chapter seven, verse 26. And it says, for she has cast down many wounded And all who were slain by her were strong men. And this is talking about a a seductress, uh, a woman who, um, it says, has cast down many wounded. And all who were slain by her were strong men. And this used to grip me. And now looking back on it, I know why. Because I I have divorce in my family line with my own parents but also me in a previous marriage before my marriage. Now, my first marriage ended in divorce. And so when I would read this, um, this verse in Proverbs, how many who were slain by her were strong men, fear would grip me. And I would start putting things off on my husband and treating him bad because of the own fear in my own heart of my marriage ending in divorce. And um, it just, I had to learn to turn those fears into prayers. So I want to encourage you, if this is an area that you struggle in, and um, the only way to overcome it is by taking it to the Lord, praying for yourself that the Lord will teach you to take every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, because we don't have to entertain every thought. We could bring it to the Lord and ask him to help us with it because we cannot control anything in our lives. We can't control our spouse or any other circumstance, but we can bring our own negative thoughts and um, fears to the Lord and ask him to help us with it. And then I also started praying for my spouse, Um, those top of the head to the soles of the feet prayers for my spouse, that the Lord would protect his eyes, his ears, his heart, his mind from the filth of this world, and um, that the Lord would guide him in all of his dealings and just that protection for my spouse. So I want to encourage you, if you battle in this area, turn those fears into prayers. And then I started acting, asking myself, how can I be an active participant in safeguarding my marriage vows? We don't want to be like the woman that's mentioned in Proverbs um, that says, um, check this out. It's, it's, 
I believe it's Proverbs 7. It says, from the seductress who flatters with her words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house leads down to death and her past to the dead. So this is giving a warning for protection that um, we don't want to be those women who forget the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of our God. The covenant relationship of marriage isn't just to our husband. It's a covenant um, that we're making before God. And we don't want to forget that, going astray from that. And you continue reading in Proverbs chapter 7, and and this woman is beckoning this man man to her house. And she tells him, for my husband is not at home. He's gone on a long journey, and he has taken a bag of money with him, and he will come home on the appointed day. Wow. So this woman is married and she's beckoning these other men to come uh, and sleep with her while her husband is out of town because she knows when her husband's going to be back and she's luring these men in. We don't want to be like that. And I know these are very, oh, we can think in our heart, oh, I would never do that, <laughs> you know, but think of ways that you can safeguard your marriage for not and keep yourself as far away from that line as possible. Think on these things in guarding your words in your marriage relationship. There's so much that the book of Proverbs talks about when it comes to um, our words in this area of not being flirtatious. So guard your words. Um, Don't be flirtatious. Look at these words, um, these Proverbs. It says, with her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. For the lips of an immoral woman drip honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. Or this one in Proverbs 2, to deliver you from the immoral woman, from the seductress who flatters with her words. Over and over, it talks about the flattering tongue of a seductress. We don't want to be that. We want to be those women who are guarding our words and not flirting with other men. Ladies, keep those compliments for your husband, okay? Only compliment your husband. He's the one that needs them. So being mindful of our words. How about being mindful of how I dress? This actively safeguards my marriage and also helps other um, helps safeguard other marriages, right? It talks about in Proverbs, the attire of a harlot and a crafty heart. We don't want to have the attire of a harlot. We don't want to be those women who are dressing immodestly in such a way to call attention to ourselves. Um, Ask the Lord, you know, when you're getting dressed, is this appropriate? And this is a constant thing that we have to ask ourselves and bring before the Lord, because this shows a sign of maturity in our walk, because what is going on? on the inside automatically comes out on the outside and how we choose to dress, how we choose to speak. So be mindful of that when you are putting clothes on because they do send a statement. And I know that's not a popular message, but that's okay. Take it to the Lord and ask him to show you in this area if there's anything that he wants to change in your life when it comes to that. 
How about no, be mindful of not having any close friendships with those of the opposite sex. Now, these are boundaries that we need to set up before marriage. But if you don't, if you're already married and you don't have these boundaries, set them now. Don't have any close relationships in the workplace or anywhere with somebody of the opposite sex. My best friend is my husband. And that's how it should be. I don't share or disclose any personal information about my marriage relationship with anybody else of the opposite sex. And this was something that my husband and I set up early on in our marriage relationship. And these were things that we need to safeguard our marriage vows. So I want to encourage you in that area as well to be mindful of those friendships that you have outside of, of the marriage relationship. So those are just a few things that we can pull from in the book of Proverbs when it comes to our marriage relationship, some questions that we can ask ourselves. And there's lots of practical information in there for healthy marriages, because healthy marriages are the foundation of a healthy church, a healthy community, and a healthy nation. And that's why the marriage is under such attack right now. But God has given us so much godly wisdom. And these are just verses I pulled from the book of Proverbs alone. There's also so much more throughout the rest of the word of God when it comes to our marriage relationship. So I want to encourage you, be in your word and know that God has given us everything that we need for life and godliness right here in the pages of scripture. I'm looking forward, kind of, sort of, <laughs> to the next episode through the um, through Proverbs as we're going to look at um, the wisdom we can glean when it comes to our speech. Ah, oh, so we're going to dig into that on the next episode. But um, just to let you know, I'm going to be moving this podcast to post on every other Wednesday. That's going to help tremendously with my schedule and everything else that I have going on. So be on the lookout for the podcast to post uh, every other Wednesday. As always, um, I want to encourage you to live in expectancy of his return and go out and make him known today.